Hello and welcome to the milk. Off to the races. Yeah. I hate you guys. Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here. We've got Ryan. Hello. We've got Tom. Hello. And we've got myself, Josh. Uh, how are we doing, guys? We'll start with uh, we'll start with Ryan. Surprisingly, Tom you always gives by. me a hard time for not not directing questions when we have multiple people on. <laughs> so I'm remembering to do it now. Um, so there. I'm surprisingly my usual host, but I know you've been good apparently. Awesome. No, What's yeah. it feel like? Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, running on about three and a half hours of sleep uh, from a bit of a, an escapade of uh, missing car keys, potential flights going going awry, uh, whole whole thing. It was uh, a bit of a rude awakening, um, but I helped some people out, got some spare car keys ready and needed to go, uh, and now I'm here recording the podcast so it's been a been an eventful morning we we appreciate you still coming on here yeah i would um, forgive me yeah no if you you wouldn't have helped full stop that's also true but if you would have seen, you'd have seen the, the message come up on your phone and go i'm pretending i didn't see this yeah meanwhile i'm uh forgive me if there are any long extended periods of silence i am promise i'm not sleeping <laughs> I wouldn't worry. Josh will fill any silence as you leave open. Awesome. Yeah, it's true. I, I am intent. I feel intensely uncomfortable by silence. <laughs> I have to have music playing in my house like all the time. To be to be honest, big same. I uh, when I leave the computer to go and do something in the kitchen, headphone headphones go in. Mm-hmm. Like you guys have seen no, me that's... probably like scramble from a phone on the way out of a of a uh, a scene in uh, RPs that we're playing. Mm-hmm. I, I live in a state of perpetual YouTube background. That is like how I like if I'm not talking to someone, I have YouTube on. Yeah, which I'm mm-hmm. constantly. See, it's either that or uh, actual play podcast for me. Like either a podcast, uh, an audiobook, or YouTube. That's fair. I never, I never do audiobooks. To the, uh, I've been re- cultured enough. No, I've been really wow. listening to Terry Pratchett, which I've got a deep. And profound love for and uh oh yeah i've got a few friends who are getting into the series so it's just inspired me to get back into it again oh they're discovering Discworld. yeah the first they, time. excellent they, the first book was mort which is a pretty good one yeah it's a good one to start off with uh, be, and i've picked up soul music because i was inspired by just like it's another story about the reaper and it's got some it's got some really good characters that i like yeah, it's not like so, it's not as big as so, any of the the main ones where where you have the city guard or anything. But it's one of my favorites. I was gonna say my favorites are the city guard. I Same. love uh, Captain Vimes. Captain uh, Vimes is a, is a is a mood. He he is certainly mm-hmm. an inspiration. Not certain if it's one that you want to live up to, but he's an inspiration. Yeah, and I, I quite like Rinswind as well, like the OG. I uh, I prefer. Um, Moist as a protagonist, the uh, the con artist. Yeah, he's always fun. Mm-hmm. 
Tom? Uh, I, I could probably say Death is my overall favourite character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, He's not talking about Terry Pratchett anymore. This is just <laughs> yeah. <in> life. Uh, <laughs> the Grim Spectre uh, of Death is my favourite favorite recurring <laughs> character in existence. My favourite uh, Discworld book was probably Eric. Uh, mm. right. I, that was like one of my first ones I read, so it, it was very much kind of... Uh, resonated with me. Um, <clears throat> I like Rincewind. I tend to like the ones that are like more standalone, though. Like I like mm. seeing different aspects mm. of the world. Like the reoccurring characters are cool. Uh, but one of the reasons why I like Death is he can. It tends to reoccur in intermittently. You know, he kind of appears in a lot of them. Yeah, he shows up yeah, in most as cameos. Of them, he? But things um, like yeah. um, small gods, uh, just like stories that are unrelated to what's happening in this in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. and just like lead, lend credence to like w- how the world works. Yeah, I like seeing the world and I like seeing how mm-hmm. the world, like I, I feel with this world, the, the world is like the main character, right? Like, yes, the, the like, other characters mm-hmm. on it, it, you know, they make it better and, mm-hmm. and they have their own contributions. But I always felt like the world was kind of that was perhaps its kind of main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I like seeing the, the bits that kind of flesh that out and, and obviously the, the way that they satire various modern elements like and fantasy tropes as well which is and pretty fantasy good. Tropes, yeah. um so yeah that's a random take on discworld <laughs> yeah yeah there we go uh, uh everyone loves this i mean it to me it always felt like this is the fantasy version of hitchhikers yeah uh, he, he took I, i'm fairly sure he took a lot of cues from douglas adams i never got into hitchhikers no, really. Um, Hitchhikers is great. Yeah. Man. Well, to be fair, like oh, I wow. watched the series before I read the book, so I've so tried to read the book, this... tried to watch the series, mm-hmm. not succeeded at it either. I watched the film, and that was fine. Ah, hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's curious, though, because like I do think like I don't know. Ryan disagree with me if you if you if, if, if you if you think I'm wrong, yeah. but I think it, I do feel in tone they are very similar to Discworld. I think so too. Primarily when you get the feeling that the author is talking directly to you. Uh, Pratchett yes. does a lot of really good um, um, appendix gags, like mention yeah, something throughout I... the mention something throughout the, the the chapter with a little asterisk next to it, mm-hmm. bottom of the page. Some meta joke or explanation of a of a uh, an anagram or um, a, a phrase like a common parlance phrase. Uh, he is uh, he is uh, he is rather fond of the footnote to the point where I'm sure, and I'm sure he did it deliberately. Occasionally, you'll have a footnote that's longer than the main yes. text of the page. He would either have a footnote within. He, I think he did a footnote within a footnote at some point, which was another one. Yes. Um, but when I when I started with Pratchett, I listened to a lot of his audiobooks. So a lot of the time, it was like professional voice acting, voice acting voice, and then just like as if the guy's taking you to the side to go. By the way, this is what this means. Yeah, which I which I thought lent a bit of extra charm to it. So I don't know if that's like where I. Um, and I think well, I think with Hitchhikers, with it being rooted in a radio play originally. Mm-hmm feels a lot like yeah, that as well yeah. even though he, like adams doesn't do the stuff with footnotes or not quite to the extent that Pratchett but a lot does. of it is like but the explanatory nature of the, of how things work in the, of the guide yeah. yeah yeah so um there we are that's that's my two cent on uh thank you for joining thing. us on the unlucky frog literature corner i know this is we're, we're damn cultured now
This is all we, because Josh doesn't listen to audiobooks. This is that's where yeah. that came from. I know. Well, I know. It's given that we, how's your week been, Tom? Well, given that uh, we talk, uh, sorry, that's fine. Sorry, I, was, I was gonna say, given that we're talking about literature for about ten minutes, maybe we can put ourselves in different categories on uh, Podbean. There we go. Yes. Yeah, we're now a literature podcast. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about pretty much everything and just cover the full spectrum then. Uh, <laughs> so how, how have I been? Uh, that's a good question. I've been, I've been pretty good. Uh, I've had a very busy week um, because I've been doing all the characters for the crossover. So when I've not been running or playing games, every other night has been, to some degree, uh, doing stuff for the, the crossover characters. So I've had sessions with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started yesterday uh actually prepping the the session itself so i've done the first kind of page of uh of work on that uh, i had a very uh, ryan knows about this because i spoke to him last night uh yeah. i had a very very emotional day yesterday so i'm still quite tired today because i'm i'm honestly surprised you're not still like in your blanket no <laughs> i'm okay I, I slept on it but i watched uh, I decided to just have a very chill day yesterday. Aside from going out for a walk and making some food and stuff, I uh, mm. watched a lot of TV or a lot of stuff on, on online. So I watched the end of Str- Stranger Things season four, which is four hours of just like high tension, emotional whiplash. Uh, and then I finished that off to go into six hours of the end of uh, Critical Role's Calamity series, which is a six hour emotional roller coaster as well like, so uh spoiler but not really spoiler alert not a lot of people make it out of that that is the rogue one of the critical role lore like yeah so i had 10 hours of of sort of very emotional viewing uh so by by the time it got to the end of my saturday i was i was done I was ruined. <laughs> yeah and, uh, then, and then we had to go and play warhammer and then i played warhammer and played a man whore of a character so that was that was fine that's a nice palette cleanse yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> channel your pain uh just yeah. to mess around so that was fine uh, how about you josh how was your week it's been grand yeah cool, um, on. <laughs> wow okay harsh harsh i mean like to be fair i don't have I, I don't have much to report um we tom and i are gonna do um convert low cag over into fifth edition later on today mm-hmm. Um, we might record that. I think we we will record that, and that will go onto our Patreon. So, if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, you will be able to listen to what I'm sure will be the most gripping of content uh, as I work on a new character. Well, not a new character, a rebuild of a character with Josh. But oh, peek yeah. behind the veil. If you do want to hear how much shit I give Josh off episode, uh, I'm sure it will be rife with that. The answer may surprise yeah. you. <laughs> it won't. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you, you, it's more. <laughs> he, um, he keeps the limiters on. Aye. <laughs> so we've got. Um, I, I've got my character creation session next Friday mm. for my campaign of D and D that I'm running for the guys. So that's they, they all know roughly what they want to be. We've got a dwarf bard, a tiefling rogue and a half-orc ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan's character, we're going to do the homebrew the rat, rat folk. folk. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the only question mark is what class ah. is Rattus Rattus going to be? Um, so we'll figure that out. Um, 
But yeah, uh, so I'll, obviously I'll do a little bit of prep for that. I have been reading through the the starter set and the essentials kit. I was going to ask, uh, is that is that what you well. sort of settled on for them then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk to the players mm. next Friday about it as well to, to make sure they're happy. I think they're solid campaigns though. Like, it kind of covers the full gamut of this is what D and D's like, or these random like. Uh, monsters that you encounter throughout it yeah gives you it gives good good opportunity for role playing uh and investigation as well um which is nice i had to read um, through the um the copy of the beginner's guide you get with your with D beyond and mm. like i i agree that that is um they've done a good job of making a a smorgasbord of what you'd expect in D D. Yeah, and there's enough in there that you can like take things in, put things out, make it make it however you want. So, and the the great thing with how the essentials kit is structured mm. is it's very sandboxy, so it's quite easy because you've got this common location of Fandling. Mm. Um, you, it's quite easy to combine the two because li- literally the the essentials kit is full of quests that are posted on the job board. Right. Okay. So, um, it's quite easy to just tack them on. Yeah. The, the the complication is leveling mm. uh, because the essential kit assumes they're doing nothing else. Likewise, with the the the, the campaign in the start set, the the lost minds of uh, Fandelver, uh, yeah, Fandelver um, is a very linear um, mm-hmm. uh, campaign by comparison. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I've I've kind of figured out in my head, like, okay, well, I'll make sure that certain elements don't get introduced until they reach like level three certain elements don't get introduced until they reach level five that's i mean sometimes if you're worried about the players being a little bit tougher there's nothing wrong about adding a smaller minion character into the the boss fight and to be honest i would rather it was that way round rather than them having a crack at something absolutely stomped yeah yeah exactly and i know that just from reading it and from uh advice posted online there's one of the one of the first quests you can do in the essentials kit has you face off against uh, a manticore which is a bad idea if they're level one <laughs> like Not that, a great idea if they're level two when when they take yeah. when they take that quest you just like okay i'll take your character sheets and explain what happens as we mm. sunset into your new characters here's your sheets <laughs> it's interesting I don't, so sorry go ahead so that's an example mm. of one I'm going to hang back on until they reach level three. Yeah, because I think level three they should be fine with a manticore. It's interesting. Yeah, I think so. One thing with the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, Tom is absolutely raging at the moment. Fine, carry on. Yeah, on you go, sir. No, no. <laughs> and now we will never know. You've crossed the line. Yeah. Uh, that was the line? Yep. That's the line that's I've the line. crossed? That's where it Nothing is. Nothing else? Is none, it is. Of, none of... Nope, that's it. That's where you go. You go too far. You've overstepped. <laughs> We're done. Goodbye forever. Right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on the last episode. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> so what I was Tom, going I- to say... Yes, if I can remember the point now. Uh, the the essential guide and the starter guide both 
feature the same town, right? They're both set in the, the same town. And I actually yeah, found, found out quite recently this week, I was flicking through a few modules. That town actually appears in another module as well. Oh. Uh, it appears oh. in the Acquisitions Incorporated guide. Uh, oh, there's an course. adventure in there. And as part uh... of that, they actually go to that town. Because I was, I was literally just flicking through it and I was like, I know that map. And kind of flicked back to the map, and I was like, "Oh, they actually go to the town because yeah, Acquisitions Incorporated mm. is set in the Forgotten Realms as well, so they've obviously and, tied it in." And the mm. I think one of the characters is like from a town between like Waterdeep and uh, Fandolin, so like it makes sense that they would have stuff in that area. Yeah, it's really cool. And the nice way, the nice thing with doing these two campaigns as well is assuming that you know they survive to level six and they beat um they beat the the frost dragon and they discover the um discover the the magical forge and they complete all of that stuff it's really easy to sort of introduce them to different pre-written campaigns as well i mean they could have this uh the, the job in barovia posted on the job board mm-hmm. there for example or because you come across two dragons in this, there's the whole uh, Rise of Tiamat um, campaign as well that you could, that it leads on to quite nicely because of, you've got like the, I think they do smatter in a bit of the Cult of the Dragons oh. uh, throughout Alternatively, it. you could like pull a complete 180 and say jobs want, you know, adventurers wanted for something going on in Chult and throw them into the tomb. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, in, in all honesty, that that's another thing you can do as well, right? Mm. It's just like, because the the noble that you work for in that is in Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. So you could, there's nothing stopping you from having that posted on the job board as yeah. well. You, could, like, you could just like ramp up the, the level scaling of uh, Dragon Heist or Mad Mage and just go into Waterdeep if you want a more uh, urban adventure. Yeah, well, the the uh, Mad Mage starts you at level... It assumes you start at level 5. And it is, is a it? super dungeon, so only if your players like the idea of dungeon crawls. Yeah, now, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, time will mm. tell. We've only had a few sessions from the um, Stranger Things starter set. Mm-hmm. My gut feeling is uh, they really enjoy the role-playing yeah. aspect of it. I mean, to the point where I was seriously considering doing Strixhaven for them because mm. that is like mostly mostly uh, role playing investigation yeah but there's nothing stopping um, you having a dungeon crawl and firstly using what opportunities within that dungeon crawl to generate role playing you know because there'll be if it's a well written dungeon i assume there will be yeah they'll have they'll have a bit yeah. of everything yeah on the first i've only ran as a gm the first floor but there are opportunities to socialize with the denizens of the dungeon and that is a mm-hmm. There are factions within the dungeon that you will see as reoccurring characters, and when you go, presumably go back to the surface at times as well. So that's when you, as a GM, would use that opportunity to, yeah, do your role playing stuff as well. So that's how I do it. There is also a, uh, a a town in the dungeon, like partway down the dungeon, you come across spoilers, Ryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Josh just spoiled the end of uh, the beginner's guide, so I don't think he's supposed to listen to this. Oh, so it's a tip for tat now. Oh, we were yeah, sure. Shit. Uh, Tom, do you want to spoil how the how the crossroads are going to go? No, no, I'll okay. save that. <laughs> that's that's yet to be uh, written. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you? Is your plan, Josh? Uh, and I'm, I'm conscious we spent quite a bit of time on this, but I'm, I'm curious. Mm. Oh, it's all good. Are you planning to run both the beginner's guide at uh, the start set, sorry, and the essentials guide 
Yeah. Do they follow on from each other then? You can you can splice them basically. Right. Okay. So in terms of like I, it, it assumes certain events of all from the starter uh, kit that from the Lost Minds. It assumes some of those events have already happened right. to, to to a degree. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really touch much on what you do in the Lost Mines, so it is entirely possible to, because the first the first session of Lost Mines is a scenario involving goblins mm-hmm. on the road, and then you level up to level two and you get to Fandelva, right. uh, and at that point when you're in Fandelva, you will have like the the sort of trail of breadcrumbs that leads you through the linear adventure of the Lost Mines. But you'll also they'll also have the job board where they can go and do the side quests from the essentials kit if they want to, and by doing those they'll find out a bit more about Cryovane, right? Okay. Uh, and that there's a plot line there that they can follow through on if they want to. Okay, that's interesting. So, that's quite quite a good way to do it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to see I how think, that plays out. Yeah, and I think with them being new players as well, I, I suspect at some point I'm going to have to. I, I will say when they're in Fandelva. Okay. Out of character time now. You've got several like several routes that you can go down. You can do this, you can do this, and you can do this. Well, obviously, once they've read the job board and they've talked to the relevant NPCs, etc. Okay. Uh, and then at that point, I can say, can you between you decide which one that you want to go for, so that I can prep that session and uh, take it from there. Okay, that's quite interesting. Yeah, and from the way that these are running, to be honest, this is going to take us a long time to get to mm-hmm. get to that point mm-hmm. where they're like level six. Yeah. So this will this will be plenty of content for them to work through uh, for the time being. That's good. Should yeah. we uh, should we talk a little bit about uh, some announcements and things for this week? I'm conscious we spent twenty minutes Absolutely. talking about yeah, just anything just but Terry Pratchett and yeah <laughs> and and D and D. So no, that's cool. Um, do we want? Where do we want to start? We'll start do, with the paints. Bring... First, start with the yes, the, the lighter subject matter, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this is uh, just a, a quick one, really. Uh, Games Workshop have released an extension uh, and a slight replacement uh, to some of their paint range. So this is the uh, new contrasts mm-hmm. and some uh, replacement shades. So. Contrast paints have been done before uh, that came out two years ago, a year, two years ago now. Uh, three years ago, it was 2019. Uh, yeah, because it was the UK Games Expo mm, that we mm. went to where they launched it. So it was. Uh, yeah. So this is, they've, they've basically added to that range uh, quite a lot of colours as well. Like it's like an extra 20 or so uh, okay. colours to it. Uh, more vibrant range. Obviously, the contrast paints have proved very popular with with a lot of people i don't love them i don't mind them they have grown on me since my initial sort of uh review of them if you will my initial thoughts so i do use them sparingly um Mm -hmm. but they have added a lot of colors to the range and they they have included some really nice colors uh and they have replaced the shade range with the same colors uh there's no change in colorations but they're apparently better uh they they sort of uh, settle into the recesses better than the the original because mm-hmm. sometimes you get uh, that kind of pooling effect where when you put a shade sure, on, yeah. and I think they've tried to kind of minimize that. And I don't think you'll ever fully minimize it, but uh, mm-hmm. they've made it better. Uh, now I've not tried either of them yet. They they've literally only went up 
for pre-order yesterday. So we're purely going on Games Workshop's uh, PR for these, but uh, they seem to be very positive, unsurprisingly, uh, about their own products. Yes. It's not like they're going to go out and say, this might work, possibly, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like that's how I feel we did when Bloody Finecast released. Like, you know, we... You <laughs> could only be so positive about that, you know. You, yeah. you kind of hit a diminishing returns on it after a while. Uh, Wasn't I? Kind of suspect the thing. The, the thing with Finecast is they never invested too heavily into it because I I think at that point they knew that they were going to transition to having almost everything in plastic anyway. No, I disagree. Like, I I think really? they had to get machines specifically for it. Like it was an investment. Wow. It wasn't a simple like this is just something to tide us over. It just went real wrong. But I suspect I, yeah, they, they right. probably I, went in, right, and they were like, this is going to be the next big thing. This is going mm-hmm. to replace metal for us, you know, allow us to do a lot more with the range than they, they could even do with plastics. They've gone in, they've mm-hmm. put the machines in, you know, they've started the process, and they must have got somewhere down that process and started to realize this isn't going to be as good as we think it's going to be. Is this the uh, set that I think Will was t- talking about where he had to help somebody get a complete set of the Fellowship because yeah. the parts exactly were just that. warped? Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. Right, okay. Basically, you, had, uh, you would have models where they were miscast, there were like huge bubbles in them mm. that had taken out like faces and things. Uh, they were just bent beyond kind of all recognition. And you can... With Finecast, you can reposition it uh, and rebend it, but there's there's like a point of no return with that, yeah, uh, where you just can't save it. So Finecast kind of came out. All these models came out. You know, they re-released a lot of models for it, mm-hmm. and they they really tried to push it as like the next big thing, but they didn't really follow up on that. It was this guy like, here's a lot of Finecast. It's going to be awesome, and then quite quickly. Finecast sort of disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, and went like to maybe sort of one or two runs of stuff, and then yeah. Yeah. Well, you can still buy like they don't brand it as fine cast. It's just they're just resin models yeah. uh-huh. on the, but they're they're not available in any of the bricks and mortar no. stores. It's always fine cast on the website. A misnomer of, mm. of epic proportions. Uh, Me- mediocre cast. Yeah, at best. Uh, generous to call. I, I, I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. It just sucks, <laughs> right? It really sucks. And I, I've slagged it multiple mm-hmm. times, and I just. When you had to try and sell that stuff positively, it was rough. I can imagine that would be a nightmare. It's like, hey, look, it has more detail. Don't just don't mind the fact that Frodo's face isn't there. No, yeah, it's a huge hole. Yeah. Uh, the void of a face. So anyway, um, that was that was Santa's <laughs> pain range uh, announcement. One thing I do really like, right? I will I will sort of end on a positive about this. Okay. They, they've released two bundles you can get. You can get the contrast bundle mm. and you get the shade bundle. Uh, mm. They're quite expensive. They're about 120 quid and 90 quid, respectively. Okay. Uh, okay. But you get if you get those bundles, you get cups. And I, I love a cup anyway. But yes. one of them is a black cup, and it says, not mm. paint water. <laughs> the other one is a red cup yes. that says paint water. Love that. So you don't actually good. drink your paint water. <laughs> That's pretty good. No. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was good. Um, see, for a second there, I thought, I, when you said, like, I love a good cup, my mind, for some reason, flashed back to the days where you could get, like, the Nutella jars that had, like, the Simpsons and Flintstones characters on them. And you could oh, just, like, oh, winch wow. them out and yeah. just get use them as tumblers. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. It's like, they come with cups. It's like, 
the paint's covering a giant glass. What? <laughs> um, Excellent. We do have something a bit more serious to talk about as well. Yes. Um, do you want to introduce this, Josh, or do you want me to? Well, I'll I'll, prov- I'll briefly provide the context for all of this, and then if you could dive into yep. basically how it pertains to our hobby. So I'm sure that people who have been keeping up with current affairs over in the United States will be aware of a big ruling from the Supreme Court. Basically, the Supreme Court justices have overturned a case called uh, Roe versus Wade, which... I don't I don't know the full details around it but the the sort of the, the the long and the short of it is that a woman's right to have access to abortion services in the United States is no longer uh, effectively a constitutional right so that's been overturned and subsequently from uh, from that point a bunch of states republican states basically mm. of uh, the more conservative parts of America have repealed banned yeah. abortions basically so this is this is the context of what we're about to talk about because this story uh, pertains to one of the biggest companies in our hobby wizards of the coast who are of course based in the united states yeah so i want to just clarify one thing before we go into this although this does refer to wizards of the coast it is specifically hasbro who are their yes. parent company the owners yeah. um mm-hmm. What has happened is the Wizards of the Coast employees, so they fall under Hasbro's umbrella, as we mentioned, have staged a walkout uh, over Hasbro's response uh, to the the ruling that that Josh just discussed, uh, essentially uh, referring to it as tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Um, They have put up a post on a a Twitter that they've made called Wizards for Justice, uh, where they've basically called out Hasbro for uh, a lackluster response to uh, the Supreme Court's ruling. Um, and then they've hashtagged it with, uh, with the course staff as well. There is a lengthy letter that I'm not going to read out that they've posted up just because there's a lot yeah. of content. And I don't, I don't feel me reading out would do it justice. Um, but if you do want to read it, you can find it on the Wizards for Justice Twitter. Uh, and I would... If it's something you're you're interested in or you obviously want to put an eye to, I'd go and have a look at it. Uh, it has accumulated a lot of retweets, over a thousand. It's been quoted multiple times, shared um, like something like forty thousand times um, as well. And I think it's it's really disappointing that Hasbro, who who are a big company, and they're a big company that kind of represent uh, what I would consider a fairly open minded community, uh, yeah. or at least mm-hmm. a progressively open-minded communities it's got its problems but it's getting better Mm. uh they've stated um that additionally we recommend that hasbro acknowledge the disproportional impact this ruling has had on marginalized people fully disclose details on additional healthcare travel benefits as many other companies have already done this includes wizards representation in future conversations about healthcare benefits as a whole so it's not just about Roe versus Wade. There's obviously also healthcare benefits as part of this discussion yeah, as it, well. It's in regards to just like reproductive rights mm-hmm. as a whole, not just the whole abortion debate. Mm-hmm. But and, it uh, is, it's not a great look for Wizards and with the company that, again, from 
the spaces that we come from, the groups that they try to encourage to play the game, this is absolutely not the right approach to take with any of this. No, and I suspect there's there's probably a lot more at play here than than just Hasbro being quieter than they should be. You know, this is people with a lot of money dealing with other people with a lot of money, and we know that mm. this tends to be a bit of a quid pro quo, and, you know, you back me and we'll back this. And uh, once you start to get up to the higher levels of leadership in these larger companies, which Hasbro is, you know, it's a, it's a massive company, uh, they, they are very reluctant to take strong stands on these kinds of things lest they offend investors yeah i think that and i think that's the thing i do understand the desire for a company to not upset anyone but there comes a point where by not pinning not taking a certain stance is just going to piss everyone Mm -hmm. off. yeah right so you're probably you're probably as well like picking a side this, the thing is this, as well though as they scenario. say in, in the live letter a lot of companies have taken a stand you know or at yeah. least yeah th- at least gone as far as to clarify things and say you know well this is what our kind of uh this is what we'll provide this is our stance yeah. on this you know this is how we will act in x y or z situation there uh, are uh points to that for example they are uh, if they were working uh, if this company is based in a state that banned abortion but they could travel to a state that could, or even Canada, which has opened its borders to people who are looking for that under the free healthcare. Right. Um, like Hasbro's message didn't address any of that, their consideration for their own staff mm-hmm. under these provisions in an attempt to not rock the boat, which is cowardly. And again, I, I agree with you, Tom. It's like they should, they should decide one way or the other and have it you know either be hated by a group and venerated by the other mm-hmm. but just do something mm-hmm. yeah i mean and and to be honest i would rather that decision was the right one uh <laughs> as opposed to the the oh, alternative absolutely agree um i don't think any you know any of us would would feel otherwise um but i just i i, I really agree with the, the wizards of the course stuff like it's, it's horrible to be put in a position where you know, you're trying to form this inclusive, uh, welcoming community, and then your parent company takes this very lackluster, you know, almost insulting, uh, under undermines all your work. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And he is, and here to confirm exactly what we said is our parent company Hasbro, crickets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and it yeah. just kind of shows, you know, it's it's very much a. A, a telling position on where your your priorities lie you know they don't and and i know like you know any big company ultimately money is the bottom line and things like that but you would like to think you know hasbro they're they're ultimately amongst other things they're a toy provider you know they 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 sell things for like kids and younger people you would think they would want to be in touch with society's progressiveness not the alternative Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which is just not the case, unfortunately. So not not the most positive of things to discuss, but it is something that needs to be addressed. Um, and Absolutely. For, for what it's worth, uh, you know, I do very much agree with the stance that the Wizards of the Coast uh, staff have taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I hope something Absolutely. comes off the back of it. And and healthcare benefits as well. Like that just, I, I just think in, you know, in this, I'm not pro-privatized healthcare. I, I detest yeah. it principally. Uh, and the fact that that's not a discussion that's happening as well is is equally concerning. 
Yeah, the states are um, a crazy place to live. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful for uh, for the the benefits that we do have in the, the United Kingdom. Yeah, there are. In order to have those discussions, a lot of things would have to topple over. Like they'd have to start pulling the Jenga tower from the bottom. Yeah. In order to make yeah. things better. It's interesting when I I, I worked for a brief while in in travel insurance um, oh. and. One of the things that I saw that I just could not, it just blew my mind was how much medical bills are in, in the States. Like, you know, we, we, oh we God. see, you know, if you ever watch things like Scrubs or ER and things like that, you see references to, you know, obviously how much people have to pay. And, but when you actually see the numbers, like just for like a, an ambulance or for someone to be prescribed like basic over the counter painkillers. Like, you know, you're talking hundreds, creeping up to sometimes thousands of dollars for mundane, what we would consider mundane, you know, things yeah. to have. Um, one of my friends who works in insurance in America described it to me as this. The number that the patient and the insurance company see is an opening barter. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, we know this, this is a ridiculous number. And you're going to fight with us to get this down to a reasonable thing to bring it within the client's insurance. But if your client doesn't have insurance, that ridiculous number is all they see. They don't have anybody to fight for them. They don't have anybody to like say, this is ridiculous. Here's a less ridiculous figure, but it still could break the backs of a lot of people's uh, budget. And I think that's want, that's, that's yeah. even more ridiculous, right? Because Do you want that appendix out? You're not paying rent this month. Yeah, they, they don't even have like a standardized rate. That's mm. that's just mental, you know, to, to not even have like a guideline. To mm-hmm. be like, you know, an ambulance call out should be, you know, $50, $100, whatever it might be, you know, and, yeah. you know, an x-ray should be X amount of dollars because you should be able to go like uptime maintenance. Yeah. Like we, we pay this, you know, like with any service in, in mm-hmm. the, the civilized world, you go, we pay this amount for maintenance. We pay this amount for owning the machine. We pay this amount for the staff. We pay this amount to cover, you know, insur- our own insurance and things like that we need to charge X amount, but just going, let's charge this amount and use it as a bargaining chip. Mm. When people's health is on the line is disgusting. Like it's, 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 how do you sleep at night? You know, that's just on a pile of money. Yeah. Um, and, and you hear these horror stories, not to get too off track and political, no, of but course. you hear these horror stories about people, you know, they, they won't even let people call an ambulance for them because they can't afford to pay to go to a hospital yeah. that's terrifying you know like say what yeah. you will about the nhs and you know there are plenty of, of things about that that we know could be better that aren't necessarily even the nhs's fault um but you know i i'm at least comfortable that if i need to phone an ambulance i don't need to worry about eating for the next six months it yeah. reconstitutes uh, reconstitutes a lot of those uh get me to the hospital scenes you see in american media yeah where they're not getting an ambulance they're grabbing somebody's car yeah Mm-hmm. yep so yeah that's not a great note to to uh end off on but i was just well, gonna say we've gone from terry pratchett to uh to healthcare. well we'd like to take you it's through the been, you know the yeah the full gap quite, do we want to quite the adventure do we want to talk about tabletop scotland and try and leave it on a slightly more positive note yes Go on, then. let's because that is uh that is my time is marching on tabletop scotland is now eight weeks to time. march to tabletop Yes, so uh, we uh, obviously we're all getting prepared for we. It was remiss of us 
to not mention last time, although we, we, we mentioned it in the recording that got the lost. Yes. The, the um, lost archives. Yes. yes. <laughs> Some ar- something uh, archaeologist is going to find that at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Ryan's coming Hello. with us. We should have said that. Yeah. Looking forward to <laughs> so, being there. That is why yes. Ryan has been on recently. <laughs> but it doesn't make a lot of sense if we don't explain it. Yeah, I, I, so, I'm also here. <laughs> now yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to joining so, you guys and like um, I was with you at Tabletop 19 uh, with mm. uh, with yourself doing the um, the GM you uh, did the seminar with me seminar yeah, yeah. Mm. and that was a great time like I I'm honestly looking forward to going back and seeing what's on offer this this year. It's great, yeah, no, great a great convention that we're all looking forward to. Yeah. Just in terms of um, uh, of uh, things that they are looking for some feedback on, uh, Dave has posted on the Facebook page uh, a little poll about the food that's on offer. So uh, the Dewar's Centre have the uh, cafeteria and pub, and uh, they're, they're kind of wanting to get some feedback on what people are looking for, dietary requirements or just tastes in general. So we'll pop a little uh, we'll pop a little link to that poll for you guys to 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 take part in. So yeah. there's a specific, really specific dish. I know Tom's looking forward to having some lobster thermidor. No, it's oh. not on there. You can, I believe, you can add uh, answers to this poll though. So ah. Tom, by all means, lobster tails yeah. for the table. Well, when they did the first poll, uh, so we did a poll for drinks first right. uh, a week or mm. so ago. Uh, I think the winning thing was was cherry Pepsi. It's so specific, wow. and I voted for it. So you know, I can't really. I, yeah, yeah, like if if uh, lime if lime diet coke was an option, that would be my vote. You know. Yeah. So yeah, who, who knows what we'll get? Lobster thermidor could well be on. I mean, we could start a campaign right now to get lobster thermidor onto the. Surely it'd be frog's legs if it's the unlucky frog gaming podcast. We'll probably get some angry messages uh, from Dave if we start a campaign. For <laughs> yeah, let's 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 not do that. Yeah, let's not say we did. Well, what a brilliant time that was. <laughs> well, what right, great time we thought. On 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 the note of lobster thermidor and frog's legs, um, let's draw this week's episode to a close. So. As always, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, take care. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.